0: Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free podcast. Today, I'm here with JD. As always, um, today we're going to be talking about how you can always make a deal in real estate work. A lot of people think that um, there's many limiting factors that will just, you know, cancel the deal right away, um, such as financing or you know any sorts of things. But you can really make a deal work if you if you want it to. If if there's any problems at all, you'll make it work if it if it's a good deal. Um, what do you think about that, JD?
1: Yeah, I'd agree. It's it's one of those common phrases that if the deal is good the money will come and there's a lot of different ways to, to get around getting the deal to the table you just need to have the confidence to get it there and, and the desire to get it there a lot of people won't take that first step they won't pursue a property because they think they're not ready whether it's because they don't have the experience because they don't have the money uh, or they just simply don't have the time to invest in real estate and there are people out there who have those things that can help you get to the table so uh, Without further ado, I'll let Mike get into it.
0: Yeah, so before we start off and really jump into the episode, we do ask that if you guys enjoy the podcast and if you learn something, which you probably will, um, we do ask that you leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. It really helps out a lot and lets us know you want to hear more from us and we'll keep making it for you guys. Um, So let's start off. um, What are all the parts you need to make a real estate deal work? Um, Some of the things might be money, might be financing, might be time investment. What else you got? Experience. Experience is the big one. Yeah, totally, if, and you can make a deal work if you don't have the experience, we'll get into all that sort of stuff. Um, so first off, money. So all the things you're gonna need, you're gonna need the down payment, you're gonna need the closing costs, you're gonna need maybe rehab, maybe furniture and design, uh, maybe licensing, depending on where you're at, if you're running you know, short-term or long-term. Financing, you're gonna need um, bank loans, it could be seller finance, it could be seller assist, and then your time investment, is going to be or just time you're going to need investment time you need management finding the deal doing the rehab and doing the furnishing
1: yeah uh, i'd like to echo that there's there are a lot of things that you can do from a time perspective that can make you really valuable Uh, i do want to preface that with the fact that if you don't have any money you don't have any experience there's very few situations where you're going to be able to find someone who wants to partner with you on a deal you're going to want to try to get some experience under your belt first uh, volunteer to help someone out with some things Uh, kind of play the intern role for a little bit that way you do have some experience and you have some time to invest and you can find the right capital partner for you in this episode we're going to go through all the different ways that you can leverage yourself um, and leverage different pieces of a deal to make sure that even if you don't quite have the money you're going to be able to to make the deal work or if you have the money but you don't have the time or experience you're going to be able to make the deal work so I'm assuming you guys have some of those things out there and we will walk you to the finish line on how to get it done.
0: Yeah, it really is that a lot of people think that you need everything involved to make the deal work and you really don't. You can always find somebody who has those qualities that you don't have. It's just like finding a business partner. You need somebody that has the qualities you don't have and you can kind of find some qualities that they don't have and then you kind of work like, you know, it's a good symbiotic relationship. You have what they don't have, they have what you don't have and it's it's a great partnership.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I think... What's going to help out is the kind of low-hanging fruit for a lot of people out there, and this is something you've done recently, Mike. Mike, why don't you tell them a little bit about your first partnership on your first deal?
0: Yeah, so my first partnership actually was, was a good partnership with my father. So for me, I wasn't able to get loans because I don't have you know a W-2 job, I don't get pay stubs, and I don't get you know um, taxes taken out of my income normally um, like the regular way most people do with w-2 so i actually have um the the money part and i have the the realtor information i know how to make the deal i know how to find the deal i know how to make it all work and i have the time to do the management Um, so i have what he doesn't have my father which is all those things and he has what i don't have which is the ability to get loans he also wanted to partner on it with me so we went 50 50 cash and 50 50 cash um, and we were able to make it work that way so just that example right there. He had what I didn't have, I have what he didn't have, and we made it work.
1: Exactly, and that's low-hanging fruit is definitely going to friends and family. Uh, I've seen a lot of people get started this way. They'll partner with a good buddy so that the two of them together can qualify their loan. They can mitigate the risk between the two of them. That way, if for whatever reason, the mortgage payment isn't covered one month, uh, you have two people's salaries to fall back on to help cover that instead of uh, roughing it alone. And a lot of times, like Mike said, you can leverage each other's experience. One person might have more time to kind of get into the nitty gritty and one person might have a little more financial backing to help ensure the deal goes smoothly.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't have any family. I don't have any friends that want to do real estate and get into it with me. Well, you can always look on Facebook groups. You can go on the best place ever, bigger pockets. Everyone on there is specifically obviously looking for real estate stuff. Um, so you can always find a partner on either of those things. You can go on, you know, just Facebook groups, just Instagram. You can really go anywhere and try to find a partner and just kind of put it out there and people will flock and come to you.
1: Yeah, totally. I I was on a podcast recently and one of the, the listeners reached out to me. I ended up getting coffee with him. And when I tell you like this was the best first date that I've ever had, uh, sorry, Carrie, but me and Dave just hit it off, uh, it was maybe three months ago that we got coffee, and since then we've gone into three deals together and have probably five more coming up like scheduled to happen. And I've kind of found my match in someone who I want to work with and partner with moving forward. So shout out to you, Dave. Uh, but guys, you can really find people anywhere, and it's, it is very similar to dating. Like You'll know right away if you want to kind of get into a relationship with this person in a, a business sense and see if you want to build things further. Uh, Dave's my real estate guy, and you guys can find your own Dave out there.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, so let's get into a little bit of the financing. So let's say you, you find a deal and you want to do it, but you don't have a W-2 job. Maybe it's, it's you and a friend, and all you guys have is, is a lot of cash. You have a lot of cash, but you don't have a W-2 job, and you can't get a loan. What would you do to be able to do that?
1: Before we hop into that question, sorry, Mike, I just want to uh, add one more thing about finding the right business partner. Because there are gonna be a lot of people out there who are excited and you guys can't confuse excitement uh, about real estate with being a good partner uh, some tell signs I look for is one they know how to look numbers look at numbers they know how to run numbers they're kind of a freak in the sheets if you will it's it's honestly very similar to things you look for for someone in a relationship you, you want to find a freak in the sheets that means they're good at playing with the Excel they're good at getting after it instead of getting the you up text at midnight 2 a.m. You're getting, they're sending you listings at 2, 2 a.m. saying, dude, what do you think of this one? I love it, let's put an offer in. You wanna see that same drive and same kind of excitement for working with you on something. Um, they come to you with all their, their problems. You're kind of the shoulder to cry on when it comes to uh, second opinions on deals. All of these same things are, are the complete package in finding someone to be a business partner. You want someone who's not just like interested in making money uh, but they're they're interested in you as a partner and they're interested in the feedback that you have.
0: Totally, yeah, they should be super invested in you as, as much as you are in them and as much as you know you guys together are in the deal. And I'm honestly glad that you kind of cut me off and preface that because that is some really good information to, to kind of note when you're looking for a partner.
1: Yeah, I've, I've partnered with a ton of different people on different deals. Um, there's some people that I only have one deal with and there's some people that I'll, I'll continue to do deals with for the longevity. Uh, and that's, that's not anything bad about the people I have a deal or two with. It's just that as I grow and expand, kind of my circle grows and expands. And I, I have, I don't want to call them better options, but I think people who are, are more invested in the game that are going to be great to grow with. And I, I see a future with them.
0: Yeah. And I really do love partnerships just because that one quote, it's, it's something like you can go further alone, but you can go much faster, f- you can go faster alone, but further together. Um, yeah
1: and I I totally agree and the other thing is there are gonna be a a lot of different things that you might need at different times everyone's real estate journey looks different so sometimes some people are in position to move on something and sometimes you are and you might just need a new partner who's ready to move on something or you might need something different at that that (laughs) stage in the game maybe it's a type of real estate deal you've never done before you want someone with more experience in on it with you or maybe it's someone usually you're working with someone who doesn't have the time um, and you do, but now you don't have the time and you need someone with the time. So there, there's always going to be something that you need and your, your needs will change. So just keep, it, keep an open mind that you don't have to work with the same partner for forever. Um, you have options out there.
0: Yeah, it's almost super nice when you're sort of on that side where you're able to find and underwrite deals um, you know whether it be for short-term rentals long-term rentals multi-unit deals things like that it's nice to sort of have a tool belt of multiple different partners you can choose from and say hey look i found this new construction duplex in philly i know one of my partners would be super great on it with me Um, and maybe you partner with them or maybe you find something in the poconos that's good for a short-term rental and you know a different person who might be a great partner for that. So just being able to have those options and sort of, like I said, that tool belt of people where you can choose from, all you have to do is find the right deal and you already know somebody who's ready to jump on it, then you can just go so much faster. Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Let's get into sort of some of the financing um, of how to actually make a deal work. Um, So let's say you have two people, you know, you and a friend or, you know, whoever, and you both are, are heavy in cash. But even if you do have a W-2, your debt-to-income is too high. What is an option you can do to sort of get around that?
1: Yeah, so when when debt-to-income is too high with two partners going into something, that might be a situation where you kind of part ways and you each try to find someone who can get a loan. Um, That's one option. Obviously, it sounds like you guys want to make it work. So the other option is to try to get seller financing on a deal um, and get a little creative with how you pick something up. There's there's plenty of ways to get around uh, those caveats to why you can't get a loan, and seller financing is one of the best ways to get around it. Now, seller financing is not going to work on every deal, so I think the best bet would be to rethink the partnership that you have and either stack up some cash or find one way to find a way to get someone to have loanability and the other person get it on the next one, um, or just do a DSCR loan. if if you have a lot of cash dscr shouldn't be an issue i think the issue comes more in when both partners don't have cash and they both don't have loanability that's that's a big red flag
0: yeah so you want to explain real quick what exactly is a dscr loan
1: yeah so dscr stands for debt service coverage ratio and what that means is you're going to be able to finance the property based off of the income of the property so let's say you're you're looking for uh you're looking to purchase a house that has two thousand dollars a month in gross rent well, the bank's gonna make sure you hit a certain ratio. I'm pretty sure it's 75%. Uh, so you're gonna need to, the mortgage can be at most with all costs, interest, taxes, all that stuff. The That could at most be 1500. And then you're gonna be good to get the deal at the, the 2000 a month gross rent. The one thing they do check is your credit. Uh, you're gonna have to have good credit going into that thing. They don't ask you for any documents. I love these types of loans. I've done a couple and really it's, For those of you who have gone through the mortgage process before, that feels like a second job. Once you guys start to have 10, 20 houses, it feels like five jobs at once trying to get them all the documents they need for a conventional loan. So DSCR is really good for saving that headache.
0: Yeah, and that's normally 15%, 20%, or 25% down payment, right?
1: Yeah, if you're looking at a multifamily, it's going to be higher. Uh, If you're doing single family, you can
0: get it at 15%. Perfect, perfect. And so let's say, let's give this example. Let's say you have two people and you guys don't really have a ton of cash, but you have that W-2 job. What's a, what's a good way that you can kind of save a little bit of money on some of like the down payment or the closing costs?
1: Yeah, so the main thing you're going to want to do is, is look to get seller's assist on the deal. Last year, the market was way too hot to try to rope that in. But this year, now that the market's come down a little bit, you're gonna be able to, to push sellers to give you a little assist. And what that means is the seller is essentially gonna pay your closing costs. How that works is they take the money from the purchase price. So like, let's say the seller was gonna get $400,000 and you want $10,000 of assist. They're gonna get $390,000 and 10,000 of that, the loan is still for 400, but the 10,000 of that will go towards paying your closing costs, which will Significantly help you especially if you're leveraging uh, at a higher leverage a lot of times we see people do five or ten percent down Uh, Having ten thousand towards the closing costs really keeps it to just being that down payment and that's great leverage You can utilize
0: so if the sellers are gonna end up with less money With helping you sort of with the closing cost. Why would they take that deal?
1: Yeah, so all the seller really cares about is the net purchase price to them so like let's say that seller was stuck on having four hundred thousand dollars then you offer 410 and still ask for the 10,000. They're still ending up with 400,000 and you're getting the 10,000 towards closing costs. It's a win-win for everybody. The only thing you have to be careful of then is the appraisal. So if the appraisal comes back at 410, most of the time these things do, uh, then you're gonna be good. Uh, the, The bank will give you the loan for it. The only issue is if the appraisal comes back lower than 410 you're gonna have to you're gonna lose assist for every amount that it comes back lower than because the bank is only going to give you a loan up to what the the appraisal value is
0: yeah so you kind of have to be careful there and just make sure that if you're going to raise a purchase price to give them sort of that net amount of money that they want to make you have to make sure that it's going to appraise other than that it usually is pretty pretty easy to make that sort of um, seller assist deal work
1: yeah i've sold things and i would never care if there's sellers assist on it as long as i was confident in the appraisal value
0: yeah, if you're gonna make the same amount of money as a seller, I don't really think you would care honestly that much. Um, and it really helps out the buyer and makes it easier for them to buy it. So you know why not? You know it's a win-win for both parties. Um, and when you find the right deal, you're not gonna care if you get seller's assist or not because you found the right
1: house, the right product. You want that house. You don't care if you have to spend a little extra on closing costs. However, it would be really nice to have them paid for you. So you're gonna go in and what you're gonna offer is the to have the seller's assist tacked on and just let them know, hey, if it doesn't come back. Uh, the appraisal doesn't come back good, I'm going to set my appraisal contingency at the purchase price or at the, the price that you wanted so that we can still get the deal done. Um, but if the appraisal comes back, do you mind just letting me kind of get those closing costs? And 99% of the time, they'll be cool with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really matter. As long as everybody wins, it's it's kind of like a, a good situation anyway. Um Going back a little bit to, to seller financing, um, what if let's let's give this situation? What if the seller is okay with taking a, you know, a little bit of money um, up, up front and then getting you know monthly payments? But what if they want the rest of the money, let's say five years into the loan?
1: So that that
0: balloon payment, uh, that's
1: something you can definitely pursue. It just you want to make sure you have your ducks in a row before you attack it so you're going to get seller financing uh they know they're going to get the full payment that they wanted in the next five years you want to make sure that you have a plan to either become loanable uh, have the cash whatever it takes so that you can refinance out that's typically how you're going to get out of a blue balloon payment is you're basically agreeing that within the next five years you're going to find the lending for it so maybe you know you're going to get a w-2 or maybe you run a business and you know you'll have those two years of seasoning behind the income And you know you're going to be able to refi the place or you're putting a lot of work into it. Whatever the case may be, you should talk to whoever you plan on refiing with. Know exactly what you're looking at and what you need to have to refi uh, and make sure you have that. I wouldn't plan on having that within five years. I would plan on having it within like two to three so that if something goes wrong and it does take you four years, four and a half, you're still good on that five-year balloon.
0: Yeah, I would say it's definitely a niche situation, but it definitely could work if you're doing something like buying a place and doing a a bunch of rehab to it. Let's say you're buying a place and you know that with zoning and everything, you can make it into a two or three unit building, um, fix it all up, make it super nice and get like, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equity in there. Um, And then you can refi and then pay off that balloon payment. And then you just have a regular loan with the bank, which is probably being less interest and maybe even less expensive. So it is definitely a niche situation, but it definitely is something to note. Um, So let's let's move on a little bit from financing unless there's something else you wanted to add no I think I think we're good okay Um, let's go to how can we still make a deal work even if we don't have all the items needed like let's say you don't have money you can invest your time so if you don't have the money all you need to do is find somebody with the money what you probably have if you don't have the money is time so invest your time and cut somebody in who does not have time but has money into the deal then you can still make a deal work that way let's go to what if banks won't lend to you so your options could be if you don't want to partner you could do hard money you could um, find somebody who's gonna w- loan you money it's probably gonna be a much higher interest rate closer to what like 12 13 14% yeah
1: probably 10 to 12%
0: um, yeah so you could go that way um, hard money could be right, ra- or you can also just you know straight up partner with somebody again
1: yeah and you you want to be really careful uh when you're you're structuring these deals Uh, i know a lot of newer investors out there think okay i can get someone to give me all the money and then we'll split the deal 50 50. i'll tell you as a more seasoned investor if someone came to me that offer i'd be like absolutely not and the reason that is is a lot of times as newer investors you better have like a crazy amount of experience under your belt if you think i'm just going to pay for a property and let you have half the equity Um, at least in my position i usually end up being the more experienced party Uh, even if you are experienced What you should do is at least set the terms. If you're going to make it like 50-50 or or something crazy like that, then you want to make sure that you're agreeing to let them get all their principal back before you get the 50-50. So, for example, if it takes 50K to get a property up running, the first 50K of cash flow should go back to the person who put the money down, and then after that you can split it 50-50. But you should definitely get creative with those terms to make it attractive, that person giving you money, or you're going to just be blowing smoke.
0: Yeah, that's definitely a good point to add. Um, you really should make the terms favorable and kind of make sense for both parties, right? Like like, like you said, if somebody's putting in a vast majority of the money, they probably should get paid back. It only makes sense. Um, just because you're basically getting fronted a property. Someone's literally paying for you to be able to get on this property. Sure. You're probably going to be doing all the management and all the, you know, the maintenance and all that kind of stuff. Um, just because that's your part of the deal. Um, but you can really get as, as creative as you want with, with these partnership deals. Um, just you're basically giving a blank piece of paper and saying, I will do this and you will do this and you can kind of make it as creative as you want.
1: Totally. And the same thing goes for seller financing. It has to make sense for the seller. If the seller is just looking for the cash and get out, you'll know that, just try to have that conversation with them like, hey, are you moving somewhere? Are you planning on buying something else? Or are you just kind of getting out of real estate, looking to start retiring? Um, seller finance could be a great option for people who don't really wanna pay that lump sum in taxes after the sale and that way they're they're getting less income from you year over year um, and reducing their tax burden. But the seller has to make sense, not everyone's gonna seller finance. I've, I've been approached to seller finance some of my properties and it's like, look, dude, like I would take that price but the, the problem is, I cannot just like not get cash from selling this thing because I want to go do other deals. Uh, and being trapped in a, in a long-term loan with you is just not going to work for me.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty difficult to make a seller financing work, um, but when it does, it can be super good for both parties as long as both parties require. Like some of the bigger things, like like for instance, we were looking at a 16 unit in North Carolina, a seller finance would work on there because the seller would be getting a huge amount of money and they would have to pay a lot of tax on that. Versus if they were able to just pay Uh, if they were able to get you know payments monthly that would much more decrease their tax burden than just getting a huge lump sum right away so it it could have made sense Um, that deal didn't unfortunately work but it could have made sense
1: yeah totally and i think it's going to be important to explore other options like time is is definitely a huge factor in deals but the person with the money could definitely hire out the management already and some of that other stuff so you need to come to the table with something more attractive if, if that's what you're offering. And that's why I keep harping on the experience portion um, or finding a deal. I think a lot of people who are just getting started and a lot of people who are deep in, they can appreciate how important it is to find a good deal. Those things don't grow on trees. And if you can be the one who brings a really good deal, that's totally a factor in how you set up your, your agreement.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how about this situation? What if you have a lot of money but no real estate experience. What would you do then?
1: So that's where you need one of those partners who has experience and time. Uh, and you'll see this in common high paying professions. There are so many people who are so good at their profession. It took them so long to get there. Doctors, lawyers, um, other high paying professionals who they really like what they do. They don't really want a second job. They don't want real estate become be, to become their side hustle or main hustle. Those people are, are much more open to partnering with people who can find the right deal. And if you have the experience and can showcase why it's going to be a good deal, you might be able to get uh, an investor like that to partner with you.
0: Totally. And where could you find these kinds of people?
1: Oh man, it takes time. Um, from my experience, a lot a lot of these types of investors come from just building your just building your resume. I mean, you have to be showcasing every deal that you're doing on social and that's why i find social media so important is if you can showcase yourself over the first one two three years you're investing it'll be a whole lot easier to bring people in on deals in the future when you are starting to get strapped for cash and need a little help with leveraging Uh, you can fall back on these people but if you don't have a deal yet it's going to be really hard to pitch someone
0: Yeah, it must be super easy, honestly. Um, Once you have sort of that track record built up and you're looking maybe to partner with somebody um, who has the cash and you might need that cash, um, they would say, okay, well, like, what have you done in the past and you you just give them your social media and on there they can look and see just tons and tons and tons of deals and just things you've made work and and how successful you have and, you know, it really just showcases, um, it really is your online resume. Just, you know, social media and you can show everything you've done on there.
1: Yeah, and I would definitely prepare like a, a really nice deal deck. Nothing too long. They're not going to read everything. But maybe a five-page deck summarizing exactly what the business plan looks like. And there, there's a, a book out there on writing business plans. I don't remember who it's a, who it's by, but there's I think an, Robert Kiyosaki writing win, winning business plans, something like that. He's got one too. And I think there's a co-author who writes, writes most of that book, or maybe I'm thinking of a different book. But it's also purple, so it could very well be. Um, having the business plan spelled out really thoroughly, preparing the deck. Just showing that you're serious about this, like putting the time into that, will really help on top of like the social media. Like, I'll, when I send the deck out, I'll also include my LinkedIn and uh, I'll also highlight a couple deals at the end of the deck that I've already done that have worked really well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely super smart to do that so people just kind of get a feel for who you are and what you do um, before even really talking and knowing you that much. Um, what about, let's say, let, that's, let's say this situation. What if you find a deal and you have the money, but you don't know how to do the rehab?
1: Yeah, I mean, you're going to want to work with a general contractor if you don't know rehab. That's going to be step one. Uh, But if you don't have the money, maybe you can partner with a general contractor. A lot of times these guys uh, may be sitting on a little bit of extra cash and they're interested in getting into real estate. Uh, They have all the know-how, but they're not out there hunting for deals. They're so focused on the projects they have going on. Uh, So that's one option. I'm sure, Mike, you might have a couple more options.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could um, do do tons of things. If you a want to do it yourself, you could you know use certain resources to kind of start learning. Um, some of the biggest and easiest ones being read books. Books are super cheap. They're you know up to twenty dollars for one book. Um, Bigger Pockets has a ton of book on just you know they have a book on estimating rehab costs and I'm sure they have a book on actually doing the rehab and, and some some of those things. Um, you can go on YouTube, YouTube University. I claim it to my fame. Um, I've learned so much just on YouTube watching YouTube video after YouTube video after YouTube video. Um, there's so much information on there. Uh, you just have to watch who you're watching to make sure they're you know trusted and and you know accredited people. Um, as well as Bigger Pockets has a ton of information on there where you can learn how to do all of these things. Um, or like JD said, you can just find a general contractor and partner with them.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great way to do it. And with with all this stuff, guys, uh, what's really going to help you out is what's called the Rule of One More by Ed Milet. It's a great book to read. Um, in order to to get some momentum going and to get really to get bigger in real estate, you're going to need to keep taking actions. Uh, that's going to help you out with getting the seller financing, with getting the seller's assist. Essentially in every aspect of real estate, there's always one more thing you can do and all it takes is asking the question and asking the question correctly. So that's why I say to have your your business plan ready, to have your resume dialed up. Uh, There's a huge seller financing deal that I had done and that all came from the fact that the seller had cash offers but chose to finance to me and my partner, because we had the experience, because we we drew out the vision for what we were gonna do with the property, and it resonated much heavier with with the seller. Uh, So if you can kind of take that time to to ask one more question, to kind of read the room, and just see if that option's available, you might end up in a great position.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong, and it doesn't ever hurt just to ask questions and and figure out if there's other ways you can make a deal work than just, you know, the typical, you know, bank loan option. let's talk a little bit because we didn't really dive too deep what if people have money and have um, sort of the experience but don't have that time to manage a deal and things like that Um, you can straight up just push it straight to a property management company sure it's gonna be a little bit harder to find deals that work because you're gonna have to budget for that management company anyway whether it be a short-term or a long-term rental but what a lot of people forget to realize is the reason they got into real estate in the first place was to make it more passive and sort of save their time, and be able to get out of that, you know, long-term job they have. Um, so a lot of people forget if they're not starting off right away with a management company, they forget to budget for it because eventually you are going to want to probably pass it to a management company after you get, you know, three, four, five, six properties under your belt. You're not going to have enough time to do this yourself. So you're probably going to have to pass it off to a management company anyway at some point.
1: Yeah, I mean, management is always a tough thing to deal with. And you do want to plan to pass management off at some point. A lot of people get into real estate for the purpose of having passive income and management is, is not
0: a way to do that. Um, that's that's really all I got. What kind of more stuff do you want to add on there? I don't have much
1: more. You guys, I think we give you a lot of nuggets here on, on how you can get into your next deal. Uh, if you have more questions about this stuff, just ping us. And if you have more questions and this episode got you thinking, then be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, leave a little rating on the podcast. Uh, it helps. Send me a picture of it and I'll then $10 million. <laughs> totally,
0: yeah. So just to kind of summarize this episode a little bit for you guys, it was a quick one today, but, um, you know, it's, it's all good stuff, like you said. Um, so whatever, whatever you don't have, you can always find somebody. If you don't have the money, you can find somebody with the money. Um, if you don't have the financing, you can find the financing through, you know, a bank loan or a seller finance deal like we talked about, get a little bit creative in there. Um, also, you can use a seller assist to sort of down downgrade your, your closing cost to, to almost 0%. Um, and, yeah, you just can find a partner. You can find them on bigger pockets, You can find them on Facebook groups. You can find them on, you know, wherever. Yeah, any, any kind of social media nowadays you can find somebody. Um, as well as friends and family are also usually pretty good options um, to find some good partnerships there. Um, just make sure they're a good partner. You screen them a little bit and make sure they kind of know what they're talking about or have that piece that you don't. If you have the, the knowledge and the know-how to do it, then find somebody with money and kind of just make sure they're a good, you know, partner in general.
1: Yeah, totally. And the experience that I've had, is, yeah, family's been great. Um, I partner with my father and a couple. And really, I haven't invested with any high school friends, with any college friends. Uh, they just weren't simply interested in real estate. Uh, and that's when I found myself partnering with people that, I don't want to say I just met them, but people that I partnered with after knowing for a couple months who I either met online or through introductions at real estate meetups. That after getting to know them for a couple months, I realized that our skill sets would be really complementary, and that that's worked out really favorably to this to this day.
0: Totally, yeah. And that's how you started your manager company. You found somebody who was also doing the same thing you were and and started that, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I found someone who was really interested in
0: the same stuff. We talked for a couple months and then uh, inked, a, inked a deal. Yeah, perfect. So, guys, like I said, there's anything... Um, there's always a way you can make the deal work, whether it be finding, you know, that, that extra piece that you just don't quite have. You can always make it work. Um, but that, that pretty much is all we got for you guys today. It's, it's a pretty quick one. Um, it's about 30 minutes long. Um, but if you guys enjoyed the episode and if you, you know, learned something, which you probably did, um, please leave us a rating and a review. It um, really helps out a lot. Let us know you want to hear more from us. Um, but that's all we got for you guys today, so uh, live free. Live free.